We live in a world with different generations, and this can be messy and confusing, and beautiful and inspiring. Sometimes we need the time to pause, reflect, and listen to each other, and the XYZ Experiment podcast brings you these conversations. I'm your Gen Z Luke, and today I'm joined with Fiona and Dash. So what I've realized recently, and I guess it was something that I didn't necessarily see because of COVID and no one was traveling, but I think I'm now at the point in time where my family holidays, those childhood holidays are kind of coming to an end now. And I've been Ah. quite nostalgic about that because for me, a lot of the time, it was at the beginning of January, we'd go away. And now that it's coming to that time where I would be looking forward to going on a trip with my family and my cousins, I'm realizing that's no longer happening. And it got me thinking about holidays generally. Did you guys have consistent family holidays during your childhood? Well, yeah, we did. Like, um, we had family holidays and we had a lot of holidays where we were sent away on our own from a very young age. So I think my parents could have a rest from us. And when I'm talking about my type of holidays, this is a very Gen X experience, which nowadays would probably like horrify modern day parents. So the first holiday I remember, like really remember strongly is... Um, Oh, my sister might have been four or five and I was six or seven and my parents in WA, they drove us to a farm, which maybe was probably only an hour from our house, uh, drove us to a farm and uh, literally left us at this farm with these strangers. Like they didn't know them, we didn't know them. And we spent two weeks at this farm uh, as our holiday. You know, and our parents just left us there and there's no way to contact our parents or anything like that. Um, and like, I only have good memories of it. Like, so that it's the first time I saw a chicken with its head cut off running around. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time I drank milk fresh from a cow, you know, so I learned to milk a cow and, and then we would drink the milk, which is a very, very different taste to the type of milk. I still can taste it today. If that makes sense, the sense is, so, and it's warm. The sense is so strong for me. I saw a horse being born. They woke us up at three in the morning and said, come outside, come outside. And we watched a horse being born, you know, so just, and then learned to ride horses at a very young age. Um, and that was something that was really consistent for us as I went through, particularly my um, primary school years, every year we would be sent to a farm. And as we got older, it was more horse riding farms. And we would spend two weeks riding horses. Um, and even when we did that, the people would just give us a horse and we'd just go. Like, no helmets or... <laughs> just It's insane, the sort of holidays we used to have. But anyway, that's that's where my what where my thoughts immediately go with that, with childhood holidays. Oh, my God. I know. I love it. I, I actually love it. <laughs> this is an audio podcast, so you can't see, but I'm squinting right now. <laughs> We're just, both like, whoa. Uh, for that initial... <laughs> farm drop off your so your parents didn't know these farms no, so no. how did the conversation lead to i'm leaving my children so here? it was a newspaper ad oh my because oh, i've my. talked to my mum about it since and my mum goes she goes i can't believe we did that but that's how it was i feel like that's the start of a true crime story yeah, Lovely. Really like, but i only have good memories so it must have been okay like there was nothing weird this is how it was and she's it's true. I reckon there'll be lots of Gen Xers listening who have had similar experiences like that. Like, you know, so you're going back. I'm 54 now. So you're going back 45 
almost 50 years ago, that's what happened. You just... You got dropped off at a farm. The farmers, I don't imagine, <laughs> really looked after you that closely. And it was probably to get... Because my parents pay, so it's obviously to get some income. Yeah. <laughs> farm. We were the only kids there at that time, I think, for that one. I think it was just the two of us. Oh, so. That's weird. And they didn't have children. So definitely husband and wife. I've got a memory of that. They didn't have any kids. So, yeah, me and my one of my sisters oh. going to this farm. It was pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> What about you guys? What's your earliest memories of family holidays? How about you, Dash? So one of my earliest memories of, I guess, a significant family holiday is my uncle lives in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember packing up the car and I think we started driving at some like ridiculous time, like 4am or 5am. So I would have been, um, I don't know, maybe six or seven my other sister was 15 months younger and then we had our baby sister who was in the middle. And so we're in a Toyota Corolla, no air conditioning. Yeah. No air conditioning. No air car. conditioning. Middle in, of summer. We did a three-day drive from Melbourne to Brisbane. So Whoa. we'd stop on the way and see different sites. So my dad meticulously would plan out so that we went and saw some big satellite dish that was in the movie The Dish. You know, like we'd oh, stop yeah. at and like part. random yeah spots and you know the big pineapple or what anyway anyway the big things that um you can see on the way from melbourne to brisbane we start i remember one time we stopped at um the wobbly boot pub somewhere on the road and people thought we were indigenous um seriously they thought my dad was an aboriginal guy um to be fair we have similar features so you know fair assumption if you haven't seen migrants and you know we're talking um, 33 years ago, <laughs> so it was a while ago. Um, and I just remember we'd play car cricket driving up. So, you know, you'd, you'd each car colour had a different point system. And then if you, a red car drove past, you were out and it went to the next person. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> but then once we got to Brisbane, it was amazing. And, you know, we'd go to the theme parks and we would go to... Um, the rainforest, and I remember I got German measles one year, and you know, because like my uncle didn't have at that time he wasn't married and he didn't have kids, so we would come and you know spend the holidays, and he he always you know would um, hang out with us as kids. So they were my early kind of childhood family holidays. How about you, Luke? Did either of those holidays speak to you? No, not really. <laughs> Not that I would say being, well, actually, no, there's a, between you and I, there's a big, big difference. But <laughs> I think like Gen Z holiday, it's not going to be anything like completely different. Um, I'm quite close with my cousins. They live across the road from my parents' place and we've grown up together just forever. And so every year in January, we'd go somewhere along the coast for a couple weeks. And because my parents and their parents worked full time, it was less about traveling and exploring and more just like resting. Yeah. And so because of that, it was a lot of just sitting by the pool on the beach, but it also meant that there were quite a few games and obsessions that would just happen. Like for one of our like years when we were out, we just got really obsessed with, you know, those crane games, but it's like candy. Yep. No, what? So it's like a claw machine, but oh, with yes. like candy. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. And so we just got really obsessed with it 
day one, we must have sunk a couple hundred dollars into generating this huge <laughs> stack of candy. Getting $5 worth of candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, what's the point of buying $5 worth of candy when you can spend $100 for the thrill of winning it? And so then we got to a point where the last day, it was like we were going to do this big night where we were going to just like eat it all and it was going to be so cool. And then it's all gross and old. And so you don't even eat it. You're just like, you have like one bar and you're like, oh, I feel a bit sick now. That's it. But um, it's interesting because there was always... I had a pretty anxious childhood, I would say. And it kind of developed at times into me being quite anxious to like going out and doing different things. But whenever I would go on these trips, I would get this like, I don't know if it was this level of safety I felt. I'm not sure what it was, but it meant that when I went, I felt so energized and like alive and like I was doing all these things and I was going out, I was going to the sun, I was swimming a lot, I was eating better. Um, It's just something about being with my family in that way. And I guess growing up, in a collectivist culture where family is such an important part of your life and your upbringing, there was just something about it where it was just so, so exciting. And I remember leading up to like Christmas and New Year's, that was obviously always exciting. It will always be exciting when you're a kid, but it was like, ah, oh, but after it comes the holiday and that's yeah. going to be awesome. <laughs> so you've started this podcast saying you feel like those holidays aren't going to happen anymore in the same way. Is there chances that you and your cousins would just go away together as opposed to then the parents and everyone? That's freaky you said that because the last couple of months I've really been thinking that. I've kind of almost been like, you know, maybe like last five years-ish, it's kind of been nostalgic looking back at all those times. But I would say the last year or so, it's been more mourning it now, Mm. like mourning what was once there. But only in the last couple months... After coming back from my trip, obviously, because you go on holiday and you rediscover yourself, right? Yeah. Um, I was like, well, now it's my turn to kind of build that and, and create that for like this next generation, which is terrifying and exciting. But um, that's kind of where I am now. So, yeah, it, it is a lot of taking those positives and reflecting on that and figuring out how I can rebuild that or bring that into the next phase of my life. That That's interesting because... We used to also have holidays with our parents, a lot of car trips, mm. um, just like you're talking about, down to Margaret River and across to Rottnest. And um, and we would then stay at a caravan on site or a little house on site. I still do that to this day with my parents. Like, I'm going to Perth next week, and I've already had thoughts about, oh, maybe mum and I and mum, dad and I can go down to Margaret River for a couple of days and stay mm. somewhere. I'm still doing those trips with my folks. Like, you can still do that. Yeah, actually, well... This is going now. Maybe there is a bit of a generational shift because it feels like with a lot of people and my family included, even though they're not part of my generation, but there's this shift from doing like these domestic two week trips to Mm. now doing like longer ones abroad. Yeah. So like the last family trip we did was actually our first like prop. Oh, actually, we did one to Europe once. But our last one was actually to Hawaii for three weeks, yeah, wow. which was amazing. But I think that we're now kind of past that point of like, let's go to Queensland for a week or two. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more about let's do an international trip for a month, which is a lot harder to organize. Yeah. People are getting older. People are now working full time. Yeah. People are married. Yeah. So mm. I think it, it was less about like, can we physically do it? Yeah, we can. But yeah. more just about the context surrounding it. 
And I do look back on, you know, those childhood holidays and how simple they were. Like you, just as a family unit picked up, you were playing Uno. Like the, it wasn't necessarily about it being this fancy um, trip away, you know, you're going to the beach, you're doing stuff. Whereas in now I think about the later trips that we had as a family were to places like um, the UK and the US and going to Disneyland for the first time. But again, context for those, for those when um, we migrated to Australia, my mum's brother migrated to the US, my dad's brother migrated to Canada and then also to, there was another one that went to Brisbane. We have still family in Sri Lanka. We, um, my parents have a lot of family friends in the UK. And so for us as migrants in Australia to reconnect with a dispersed family and um, cultural group, it often meant that we would then go overseas. It, but it wasn't the overseas holiday of we're staying in a resort. We would stay in the family homes of the mm. people we were visiting. And yes, we'd go sightseeing. But, you know, I can count on one hand how many times... I've hung out with my cousins because they weren't in the same um, country as yeah. me. And so we'd go to the US and we would have these amazing times. And I just remember all of my holidays, we're not an artistic family. Can I just say that? But for some reason, when my cousins and I or our family friends and I would get together, we'd put on plays because we know there's no TV. So we'd spend the whole day planning a play and we'd put on a performance every night. We would do dance routines. These were filmed. I look back on them now. They're the most ridiculous things that I've ever watched and they're hilarious. And I remember teaching my American cousins Australian animals through dance. And we <laughs> Interpretive dance. <laughs> interpretive dance. And one was an emu and one was a kangaroo and we were all dressing up and we were like doing this dance we watch it back and it's mortifying but also so wholesome you know but they were our holidays and yes we went overseas but they weren't the overseas trips that people might be having these days but they were so joyful and back to your point Luke I feel now um, the responsibility as the auntie who isn't um, who doesn't have children that we have holidays with our nieces and nephews and um, you know we are the uncle that was for us when we were kids, we are now doing that for my sister's kids, which is really nice. It's just, it's making me laugh so much because all I'm thinking of is different stories as yeah. a child, you know, and I think there's something that every generation can agree on. Like, you know, if there's three of you, you fight over who sits in the middle because yes. nobody wants to sit mm. in the middle, yes. right? And then you've got the example of the one who always gets car sick. So yes. I've got a sister who always got car sick. But the other example I want to talk about is one of my sisters always had an upset stomach. Oh, no. <laughs> and of course, the smell in the car was Stop always it. just so bad, right? And I can still remember, I'm laughing so hard now, that my father, we're driving along, and all of a sudden we can smell the Totally lost it. Yeah. Lost because it. my father suddenly screams at the top of his lungs. He goes, next time water so we can wipe down So you have to put out a fart warning. Oh, my God. He's so furious. That's what family 
it's a like. Yeah, 100%. That's, <laughs> Sorry, I, things, I laughed too hard. No, but those things are the beautiful things of family holidays because you wouldn't let that happen when you were just with friends. <laughs> you know, just, but it's so bonding. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm. I can say that story to my sisters and we will just start laughing today. You yeah. Know? There's so many little stories of travelling together like that, that all of a sudden you might reminisce and it just bonds you to this day. You yeah. know, when you laugh about it, it just go, oh, remember when, because there's a couple others, and go, remember when this happened and remember when that happened. That's just the... And we weren't wealthy, like we were, so we were mostly in the car going, you know, somewhere in WA and staying in a caravan park, but that didn't matter, you know what I mean? It's just the experience of just all being together and things like that. Um, And, and, you know, the sun and no TV, no iPads, no phones, you know, so you're, you're playing like Monopoly and you're playing cards and, you know, I learned to play poker and, you know. Sort of stuff because, and we would play with matchsticks, you know. So that's what we were betting was matchsticks and things like that. Um, just so bonding, you know. And you'd leave the caravan in the morning, and your mum and dad wouldn't see you for the rest of the day until the yeah. sun's going down. And then you've come back, and you, you know, you're sunburnt, and you've eaten an ice cream for lunch, and you know you're starving, and they've always got food ready to go. But it's yeah, it's just such a, I don't know. I, do, do Gen Z still have holidays like that, do you think? Or, like, I'm just, I just wonder, because my sister's children have very different holidays to that. They don't have, they, they're always overseas and doing skiing and some sort of fancy holiday. But, yeah, I just, I just wonder, do, do the uh, younger generation have that? I can't really speak on, I, all I can say is that I definitely did. Yeah. And just go back to your point as well. I do think one of the things I'm so grateful about in having those holidays was it really did create such a strong connection with, with my cousins that I went on with now. We're so, so close. One of them is coming over to my house tomorrow morning to watch like a pay-per-view, a wrestling pay-per-view. Yeah. And that was all solidified through those trips, I think. Because mm. we see each other very frequently, but like those 10 days when we were yet yeah, in the car together... We were going to sites. We were just relaxing out for dinner, sharing those stories. We have inside jokes, inside stories now, like you from ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. and it's we're not truly that old. Bonding. So that's like yeah, yeah. So it is. It is the same. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was just going to say, like the um, cup weekend, yeah. which was recently. Yeah. So we had my sister um, and her family down to stay with us in Venus Bay. And it was kind of the same. It was the same type of childhood holidays. They were going to the beach during the day. Granted, my sister and I and my husband did have to do work during that weekend. So we're like, go to the beach, go to the beach. But, you know, they were playing board games really late into the evening, all these new board games. And um, my nephew, Luke, was like, Uncle Scott, I'm sending you the rules beforehand so that you can read up on these (laughs) so that you know how we're going to play the game. games go for like five hours honestly they're epic board games um and watching um so we i guess the difference is we are watching tv and so we're watching like nature documentaries and all of that kind of stuff and watching alone i don't know if you've watched that anyway where people get dropped off in the wilderness and have to survive and then we're like we're not fiona was on that weren't you (laughs) (laughs) so i do think there are moments of the younger generations, because my nieces and nephews are Gen Alphas and yeah. Gen Zs, I think. 
Um, and we, they were doing sing-alongs and all of that kind of stuff and reading massive books. And I was like, yes, that kind of simplicity of life is still there to an extent, even though I think there are more options um, for overseas travel and doing things that they that we may not have had when we were growing up. Just a sidebar to what you're saying, because I'm, I'm interested in this as different generations, is the games that yeah. were played. So we would do chess, um, we would do backgammon, um, we do boggle. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know what boggle is yeah. with yeah. all the letters. Um, we would play Monopoly, lots and lots of card games, like Uno and just normal cards and all that sort of stuff. Um, and they're the sort of games that we were playing. And as we got a bit older, it was Pictionary and, of course, um, oh, what's the one where you answer all the questions with a little Trivial pies? Pursuit. Trivia Pursuit, of course, came in. What sort of games were you... Um, we were also doing things like pick-up sticks, uh, wishbones... Oh, yeah. Uh, lots of lackeys and all that sort of stuff. What sort of games were you guys playing on the holidays? So we would play those. We'd play Scrabble. Oh, Scrabble. That's yeah. the big one. We still do that today. Yeah. We played Uno a lot, you know, you know. Um, and, but then as we got a little bit older, and I can't remember what year these games came out, but we were playing games like Settlers no, I don't know and that. Risk. Actually, my husband and I don't play Risk because we have fights. <laughs> I don't we, even know risk, <laughs> but it's like, but they're big games, yeah. and they're like you're building towns and you're uh, building okay. and you're taking over empires and all of those kind of things. And so they're they're long games and they're complex games, and you have to be invested. I don't have the, um, but even now, like the games that my Gen Alphas and my Gen Zs in my family are playing, they're massive. Mm. Like they're whole new worlds. And so I sometimes look back on the simplicity of the games that we played and I don't feel like we play them anymore. But I'm curious as to your game experience. So I think the board games that we played very much facilitated or um, there are a subset of things we do. Mainly we do play video games now. Yeah. Mario Kart's a good, yeah. a good buffer, but... My um, family that I went traveling with in particular, we still play board games to this day. Yeah. I went over um, to one of my cousin's places. She's now got a house with her husband. And we went over for lunch, uh, myself, my sister, and uh, my other cousin. And we watched TV for about half an hour. And then we spent about two hours playing Cards Against Humanity. Oh, yeah. So we still play lots of board games. Like we still play Monopoly is the go-to. We've got like a bunch of different themed ones as well. So we've got normal Monopoly, SpongeBob Monopoly. We've got the Monopoly where it like it's got like a credit card <laughs> instead of like cash. Wow. So and Uno is another big one as well. Yeah. But we also just make up games as well. Like we make up like um, Heads Up. Oh. Is that what it's called? Is that the one where you've got someone's name on your yeah. head and you've got to guess who it is? So yeah. we do that except we just make our own things up and it's all just like obscure inside jokes. Yeah. That no one, like that's so hard to get. And my, um, my cousin's husband, he plays it with us and he's just like, he gets one and he can't, we're with him for half an hour trying to get him to say it. And then when he sees it, he's like, how am I going to get this reference to a holiday you guys went on 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit mean. <laughs> Hey, it's luck of the draw. <laughs> um, so, yeah, board games, I think, are still really valued because the simplicity, like, even though it's very complicated what a lot of Gen Zs do, and, and there are a lot of huge games where the board takes up an entire table yes. and you're building entire empires and whatnot, 
I think Gen Zs really, really do value simplicity. Yeah. And so something like Uno, for example, which is just so simple. It's so fun. You can pick it up and do it with. It's almost universal, really. That stuff is doesn't like... I think it's still a huge part of like our like subculture. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. The other thing I'm interested in, because Dash, you've mentioned this already, is the games you play in the car as you're traveling. Mm. So we used to play a lot of games. I spy all the time was one of the big games we used to play. We also used to play a game when there used to be a lot of them on the road, Beetle. So if you saw a Beetle car, you'd go Beetle, oh, you know, yeah. and we'd mm. all compete over that. Um, and nowadays, not that much, my, my nieces and nephews are older now, but when they were younger, we used to do that with them as well because we lived in the country, so it's a four-hour drive. So when we're driving them up to the uh, place then, you know, we used to play I Spy, but because they're they were still too young to understand S for sky or, you know, mm. like, so we used to play like I spy with my little life, something that lives in the ocean because they'd know animals, mm. you know, so you'd say, oh, dolphin or whale or fish. But you, you weren't know. really spying them. No, you? but this is how we used to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. so do you guys have sort of car games that you used to play as well? Like, or like now when I go um, on holidays with my older nieces and nephews, they're all on their phones. Yeah. You know, they're all on their phones now. But I just wonder if there's games that millennials or Zs did, or we, we're probably quite similar to us, the games that we used to play. We used to get, I don't know if they still exist, like travel versions of board games that oh, you yeah, could yeah. take on car trips. And airplanes. And yeah. airplanes. And yeah. so we'd play, oh, what is the one where you were like, Battleship, Battleship, oh, the yeah. travel version. Yeah. Um, and I think, anyway, there were a few. The other stupid game we used to play, you can only play it in the country though, is if you're driving past fields of cows. Yeah. We would moo at them, and you would win if the cow turned and looked at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you win. <laughs> and, you win. Yeah. and so, um, yes, I felt mean to the cows about that. <laughs> how about how about Gen Z? I think, like when we were kids, we had. Have you heard of Top Trumps? No. It's like a card game where you basically you get a bunch of characters from different series Mm -hmm. and they've all got different stats so depending on what the series is so for example if it's superheroes it could be like power height etc every person has a different player and whoever's turn it is they read the name of a stat Mm -hmm. and whoever's got the highest of that stat takes all the cards and the winner is the person takes all the cards okay we used to play that quite a bit but after that it really was just um listening to music yeah okay so Someone takes over, someone passes someone else the ox cord, they then put on their music and then we kind of just are like, that kind of facilitates conversation. Is that a good song? Is the whole car listening to the music? Like the whole, mm. yeah. Or are you listening to your own? Or is it people individual? I ask that because I grew up listening to, in a car, like it's very distinctive for me, it's Michael Jackson's Thriller. So we had it on a tape deck and Phil Collins. <laughs> they were the two that were played continuously in our car as we as we drove along. So you're asking about like recurring musicians? Yeah. Oh no, just just if the family shared it because we had to because mm. you didn't have your own personal thing, or if you're all listening to your own. No, it was. It's it's all normally shared, mm. um, and normally there's one or two playlists that are used frequently. Yeah. A lot of um. Where my cousins love like Pitbull and oh, yeah, Jason yeah. Derulo, yeah. so that's yeah. always on yeah. bangers <laughs> like that, just to like energize you while you're on, you know, the on whole your car's way there. moving with their head nodding along. 
interesting. How about you, Dutch? What sort of music would you play? Well, I or think would you? We did listen to we listened to the radio quite a bit, so it did, did, did depend about what was playing, um, and my parents obviously had control over that. But music in the car didn't really stand out to me. It was more the games. Oh, like, okay. And I do think because we were driving, we'd sometimes lose reception. Yeah. And so we wouldn't necessarily always have a, a strong soundtrack for those holidays. Yeah. But then once I got my own Walkman, I obviously created my own tapes and I would listen to things yeah. um, driving up. But one thing coming back to your point about why you were shipped off to farms by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to give your parents a break, now as an adult, and it kind of brings me a little bit of sadness, really, and I think back to the holidays that my parents created for us yeah. as children. And, you know, my dad was working full-time and he used to love to plan holidays and he would, like, create all of these stops that we'd have to do and some of them would be educational and all of that kind of stuff. And not everyone, I think I probably enjoyed them the most, but not everyone in the family loved dad's stops and oh, side adventures okay. mm. um but i do distinctly remember one time he did make us go to a farm yeah near adelaide and at the time you know we were teenagers and we were a bit i think annoyed and resentful of having to hang out with our family and there wasn't tv and there wasn't internet and we didn't i mean the, the internet did exist but we didn't have it when we were there and we were super bored super bored and I could so now, looking back, see how my dad needed that as a break from work and it needed a, to be a, a place for him to rest. Mm. He just wanted to sit on a farm and rest and read mm. books and whatnot. And we were little bratty children being like, I'm bored. Why the hell are we on the farm? What, what the heck is there to do here? Like, there's nothing for us to do. And I clearly remember us walking around the farm singing Sloop John B. Do you know that song? No. Um, but basically there's a line that says, I want to go home. Oh, and no, we, I do know that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we would sing that and we ended up cutting, well, my parents ended up cutting that holiday short <gasps> and we went no. home. And I just, I'm so sad. that feel we feel I feel really bad that we bullied them into that. How short was it cut? By a couple of days, I think, yeah. But I kind of was like, you didn't realise, like, your parents, my parents needed a rest. And, like, not taking into consideration because you're a kid, like, the cost oh. and all of that kind of stuff that would have happened in the lead up to yeah. that. And now that as an adult, you kind of, kind of look back at myself and I'm like, Ugh, that was not um, good, Dash. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about the road trip, because it's interesting you're talking about your dad would plan the road trip out. Like, yeah. And I love that because he would have seen some things which now are iconic, you know. Yeah. Um, we used to plan a lot of our road trips around the bakery in each town. So we'd know that this town was the best custard pie and this oh. town was the best. Mm. And w that would be real motivation for us kids to get to that, you know, next town because we'd be going to the bakery because I love a country bakery, like, still love a country bakery. Um, did you guys do anything like that? Like, were you motivated by that sort of stuff or...? Or is that just a very... Because back then, back in the, like, 70s, every town had a bakery, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, every town had... And they were great because they really did bake all the stuff. I still oh, I still think about... I still know the town. I, I can't... I don't know what its name is, but I know where it is along the Great Aussie Bite that has the best custard tart of my life. Wow. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I don't 
think so. No, I can't. No, nothing say, like that. No, nah. for me, it really was well for my family. As Dash just mentioned, it was really just for them to relax as well. Yeah. So we weren't. We really weren't going very far outside of our hotel. Okay, because I'm still obsessed with a country bakery. Like if I hit town, I always find it. <laughs> just really? go have a look, see yeah. what they've got. Yeah. Yeah, but I do have like one ridiculous memory I have to share with yeah. you. <laughs> Hopefully, you won't laugh as much as I do. <laughs> Oh, but, you know, this is the thing. So when we were in the US and, again, we were teenagers and um, we drove from Pittsburgh where my um, uncle and his family lives to visit another one of my parents' cousins who lives in – where's John Hopkins located? Um, Baltimore. Oh, yeah. It's just fair drive, right? So we're all in this van driving along and we're brown people in a car driving along and – my uncle is driving and he's like, oh, I have really dry lips. Um, no lip gloss to be found. So my auntie is like, oh, wear my lipstick. <laughs> well, most dry it, lips. It, yeah, it will help with the dry lips. And so my uncle, who no joke looks like an African, um, I don't know, He's a short African-looking guy, even though he's Sri Lankan, and he's got curly hair. And so um, she put red lipstick on him. Yeah. It's driving down the freeway and going like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's those kind of memories that you just sit there and go, you can't manufacture that. Like that just comes out of pure circumstance and you have to be inventive because there's no lip gloss, you are wearing red lipstick. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So I think there's much to be said for the family holidays. And I think one thing, just bringing it back to the generational thing, that now in retrospect, looking back on those types of family holidays, one of their beauties is you have to spend time <laughs> across <laughs> generations. <laughs> and you have to learn to compromise across generations and to have conversations and language across generations. And I think... It will be sad if moving forward those types of things don't happen as much, but I think they're very powerful family holidays. Hi, Fiona here. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and review. If you enjoyed our show, tell all your friends and family and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. Our original music was composed and performed by Luke Champion. 